1: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan
2: Arenado. there's a moment for you.
0: Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. And driving
1: jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com.
0: Come back pattern, Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, Sports Open live on America's
2: Sports Voice,
1: KMOX.
2: All right, Friday night. It is Super Bowl week, and we will be talking about the uh, the large game, the big game, the Super Bowl. We'll be talking about that later tonight. Not a whole lot, though. Like I don't want to spend too much time on it because I'm I'm. I'm not really happy with the conclusion that I've reached. I, and I kind of ignored the Super Bowl matchup last week. I didn't think about it, didn't really read much about it. But this week I've div, I I dove in headlong. I've been doing, you know, a lot of reading, little little analytics looking, you know, kind of just, you know, going back and looking at some of the things that happened in previous games, reading stuff from really smart people and I don't like the conclusion that I've come to, which I will explain to you a little bit later on this hour. But we'll be doing the big game. Um, I might get to some Super Bowl nonsense as well, like some of the prop bets. Um, I mean, Rachel mentioned this during the Glover show a little bit earlier, but uh, somebody from the Smithsonian Magazine wrote a piece about who would win a fight between an actual Ram and an actual Bengal Tiger. I'm like, hmm... That seems almost like it's a simple, like almost even like a Sesame Street question. Like, which one of these is an apex predator? <laughs> that's the one that's probably going to win. Probably. I'm not going to talk about that, but I might joke about that during some of the other Super Bowl nonsense that we're going to get to later on. Um, we're going to talk some baseball next hour. I'm not going to leave that to the side. I know that I am, uh, you know, I, I I know this. I know that a lot more people listening to Sports Open Line care about what's going to happen tomorrow when the players and the owners get together to talk, then they care about what's going to happen on Sunday. That doesn't mean we won't all watch. I'm going to watch. And I do care what happens. Like, I still love the Super Bowl. I still love the NFL. And while I I hate the league, like the way the league is run and all that, I hate how it does its business. And I hate Uncle Rico actually Uncle Rico's way cooler than Stan Cronky. I got to stop insulting Uncle Rico. But we'll get into uh, some baseball next hour. I got a lot of stuff. I want to I'm going to talk a bit about what what uh you know what we should expect tomorrow. Um you know how fast if this comes together fast, what's important. Um I'm going to continue start, I'm I'm going to continue being somewhat optimistic. I'm not over the top. Like I'm not sunshine and rainbows and puppy dogs and kitties. Like, I'm not like that when it comes to the season. I do still think that financial motivations will win out and get us started by opening day. I still think that. I think I I feel less strongly about that than I did a few months ago because I figured we would see more progress. But still have time for all of it to happen. So until it can't happen, I'm going to stick with it because I do believe in greed. I do believe that people that enjoy making money will take the opportunity to make money when given that chance. And I think they have that chance to get it done. Not playing in the regular season would cost money. So we'll get to the Cardinals. And again, another on-field conversation. Actually, I got a couple of on-field baseball conversations next hour. One of them is going to be about the Cardinals rotation. And I've I've talked about this extensively with my buddy Derek Gould and with others. Um, we've talked about it here on the show. we talked about it on Twitter with various people. Cardinals are in an interesting situation with their rotation this year. When you have five people locked in and ready to go right now, they are all healthy going into whenever spring training starts. They finished last year healthy, right? They all Dakota Hudson was pitching at the end of last year. Obviously, Steven Matz had a healthy year. Uh, Miles Michaelis was pitching and healthy at the end of the year. Flaherty was back by the end of the year, although not in a full starter's role. Obviously, Wayno made it all the way through. You've got five starters. That's not really what it was last year. And it's and we, we kind of knew that it wouldn't be that way last year, in part because we knew Hudson was going to miss the year, most of it, recovering from Tommy John. And we knew coming in that Michaelis was recovering from an injury of his own. So we had some idea that things were a little bit worse than they are now. So how do you handle this? Like, Do you add another proven starter? Do you count on the depth? And I'm going to go over your internal depth options and whether or not they appear to be better than last year's internal depth options. And also whether or not the idea of kind of a veteran swingman makes more sense than, say, a number three starter. Because, look, a better player is a better player, but who's getting booted from the rotation? And if you're not booting anybody, are you going six-man? And do you want your best starters to start basically five fewer games this year? And the answer might be yes. It might be because of all the circumstances that I'll get to when we get to that next hour. We also haven't touched on this yet on the show, and I'm, I'm surprised that I didn't, but whatever. I I guess I just forgot to write it down on a given day. But uh, recently, the Fangraph's Zips projections came out for the National League Central Division. And the Cardinals are favored to win the division based on those projections, tell you what that means, how we take a look at the division, What whether or not there could be some surprises within the division when the lockout ends and free agency and the trade market open up. So we'll do a bunch of that next hour. Coming up next, I'm going to talk about the Blues. I did want to take a minute. I'm not going to go too deep on this today, but I did want to take it because we'll have a whole – we've got a whole – well, I don't even know. Like We get till next summer before the induction ceremony. So the next fall, really, the end of the summer with the induction ceremony for the class of 2022 in the Pro Football Hall of Fame but I wanted to mention Dick Vermeil got in. Uh that came up last night during the NFL Awards show and it's awesome. I mean, we all know coach Vermeil, he's a great dude. Obviously had, you know, the Super Bowl winning team here, also uh, coached the Eagles and coached the Chiefs, so he's a guy that had a long successful career, good man, obviously known for the greatest show on turf and it's cool that he got in. And Interesting that he's getting in the same year that the Rams are in the Super Bowl again, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know that that matters really. I mean, but he's he's been in the conversation for a while. I just wanted to make sure that I mentioned that, even though we'll have now basically the next six or seven months to talk about that before the actual induction ceremony. Coming up next, though, I want to talk about the Blues. I haven't mentioned them yet. We're going to talk about last night's blah, seven to four loss. It was not good. There was not a lot good at all. Um, and we'll get into that. You're going to hear from Craig Berube, and we're going to talk about the goalie situation because Jordan Bennington is playing himself into, into a more of a bench role at this point. And, and as importantly, Billy Husso is playing so well that I don't know that you're going to be able to force it with Bennington too much in the not-too-distant future. We'll talk about all that and hear from Craig Berube next on KMLX. Friday night on Sports Open Line. Don't forget, we got Billikens basketball coming your way tonight, 7.45 for the pregame show. 8 o'clock for the opening tip. Billikens taking on St. Bonaventure, trying to extend their six-game winning streak. Obviously, we talked all about how they've been playing here lately with Bob Ramsey. Last night, uh, you'll get to hear them play coming up tonight here on KMOX. Uh, let's do blues here. I want to talk some Super Bowl later on in the hour. Make I'll make my prediction. and uh, I'm not happy with the way it's going. I also did a little Twitter poll this afternoon. Uh, So I'll give you guys the results of that to this point. And it's been pretty much the same for a while. So I know even with more people voting, it's not changing the percentages very much. So I think we got a pretty good vibe on how people in St. Louis perceive the Super Bowl when it comes to the possibility of the Rams actually winning it. Let's talk about the Blues, man. Uh, 7-4 loss last night to New Jersey. Now, this is not a good New Jersey team, and they didn't have Jack Hughes. Uh, They had not been playing well. Now, also keep in mind that they hadn't played a game since January 29th, so they basically had been off for two weeks. And there was definitely rust. Just a lot of mistakes in front of Jordan Bennington, but also Jordan Bennington just not good. And I, I just don't think that it's very controversial at this point to say that there's not there really isn't a choice at the moment as to which goaltender you need to go with. Now, I wouldn't expect Craig Berube to say that or look at it that way. But Ville Husso is the choice. And again, I don't think we have to look at this like a controversy. You don't have to make a call on the playoffs now, so don't even worry about it. Just play the hot hand, and we'll see where it goes between now and the postseason. But they obviously have to deal with this, and you clearly want to get Jordan Bennington back to a place where he's more competitive, he's giving you a better chance. So that's kind of where they are at the moment with the goaltending situation. But it was more than that, too. Like, last night wasn't just that. There were forwards that didn't get back when they needed to get back. There were mistakes. Um, it, obviously, turnovers were a bit of an issue at times. So it was a full-team loss. But there's still that overriding concern about Bennington because he had just hasn't played well in a long time. It's been months Really, where you get a, you might get a game here, or a game there, where he looks okay, but the rest of it is really not good. And you've got Huso, who's been amazing. So it's, it's, you know, the decision will be made for Craig Berube as we move forward. All right, before we continue and talk more about, you know, last night, I, I, I do still want to make sure that I point out, I still like this team a lot. I'm not worried about a couple of losses in a row. I'm not worried about a, a terrible clunker after a, after a bit of a layoff. I will be worried though if those kind of things continued. I mean, you know, that's kind of the way, what what you what you work through as the season goes along. And right before these last couple of games, the team had been on a tremendous run. We can see the offensive depth; they're a really good scoring team. Great on special teams; they got a lot going. But there are some things they're going to need to clean up. But so before we go any further on all that, let's just hear a little bit from the head coach. Um, this is. From the blues, uh, we can find that you can find this audio. I'm sure if you want to get to it at blues at STLblues.com. But this is from the uh, the post game Zoom session, the post game press con, or sorry, the post practice press conference after today's practice. And Craig Berube talking a bit about where the team is going out of, coming out of last night, and obviously moving into the weekend. Craig, it's always uh, better for you to ask after a day after, maybe after you see some tape after, after looking at last night. What
1: did you see?
3: Well, we just, like, it seemed like we were a little bit of, you know, trying to get our feet under us in the first period. We didn't really skate well. Um, We didn't do a whole lot with the puck. I thought the second period got better. And, you know, in the third period, up to like 10, I think, 40-something when they tied it up, you know, after that, you know, we didn't really do much, to be honest with you. We had a couple power plays, too. We had opportunities to... Get back into it. Execution was not very good. And looking at the whole game, the execution with the puck was not very, wasn't good at all. And um, you know, I think we've got to have a lot more emotion than we had in a game. You know, we're winning 3-2 going into the third period. You know, uh, there has to be a killer instinct going out in the third period, and there's got to be a lot more emotion involved. Uh, you know, for us to be successful. Greg, you guys are normally pretty good at closing out games. So when, when that unusual uh, uh, last yeah, it's night, that's unusual. Not it could be the layoff, guys. You know, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, we, you know, we um, stressed it today and talked about it today, and you know, going into tomorrow, it's a big game. We got to, you we know, we got, we need, uh, we all know we need points, and we got to put a good effort out. Uh, I mean, put a good effort on the ice for sixty minutes. Craig, you tweaked your
1: top six there uh, today. You just feel like you need a spark, need a little bit more up there?
3: Yeah, definitely. And I I feel like, you know, I know Jordan's played with uh, O'Reilly and Shen before and had good success. And, um, you know, I think Vladdy and, and Terrence and uh, Bucci got, you know, good chemistry together too. You know, I, I like – you know, I like uh, Thomas with Cairo and Vladdy, but it seems like, you know, Vlad, Vladdy and Cairo demand the puck for scoring, and it's tough when you got two guys like that. So, you know, this way I think it's a little bit more, um, our, our scores a little bit more spread out. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, you've said many times that you want to be playing your best hockey in the spring, but you want a greater sense of urgency now from your guys, don't you? 100%. I agree 100% with urgency. Again, emotion, uh, team play. It, it's all about the team right now. It's, and and when you when you hit the ice, you got to have emotion for for the 60 minutes, um, and you got to have intensity. It doesn't matter who you're playing, playoff team, not playoff team. You you know if you don't if you don't have intensity and emotion in the game, and um, you could lose to anybody. So there's definitely got to be urgency. Starting tomorrow, we got to be we got to be in a a relentless hockey team. Uh, Craig, last night wasn't the night to ask the question, but uh, nice ovation for you, standing ovation when they announced your three-year contract extension. Maybe could you touch on that moment? And I'm kind of surprised, as intense as you were, you gave him a little wave. (laughs) Well, you know that it's great to hear it for sure. You know, like I said, I really like St. Louis. I love the fan base here and. you know, the organization. So, you know, I'm just showing my appreciation, you know, like um, very fortunate to be involved in this situation. Very unfortunate to be able to coach the blues and uh, get a contract extension. And, you know, I'm just showing my gratitude towards everybody. I mean, um, that's, that's really what all it is. It, it means a lot.
2: That's very cool. I got to agree. And it's funny. That's a funny way of putting that question too. You know, you got a guy that's usually really focused and not really trying to pay attention to outside stuff when a game's going on, but it was cool to to see that. I really like the answer there about um, the emotion and the intensity. When you, you need, would you need to see more? And his answer was immediately, yes, <laughs> yes. Like that's what we just talked about at practice, I'm sure. And and I and I, I it'll be there. I mean, we've seen it for the vast majority of this season. The team that has it has more. They they generally have had a greater sense of urgency than what we saw last night. Uh, but with with that answer, it's just I, I love the simple. Yeah, you know what we we need more. That what we saw last night wasn't good enough. Like that that tone rings true with fans. If you're talking about communicating, right? Head coach here has to communicate with a number of people. You got to communicate with your front office. You know, get get their feedback, give them feedback, right? Like what's you know what could we do. What's going on, you know, on different levels, trade deadline talks will come up. So you got that communication. You've got communication with your players. Are they all on the same page? Are you getting the buy-in? Does anybody need the kick in the ass? Does anybody need to be uplifted a little bit, maybe given a couple more minutes to get some things done? And then you got communication with your fan base. And that it all matters, although the one that matters the most is clearly the communication with your players. But we, all of us that follow teams, really appreciate just simple, honest answers where it's not, a, where there isn't a lot of soft pedaling anything. And by the way, also not coming out and blatantly just ripping guys either. I mean, that would be an awful idea. Yeah, he stunk last night. And i like, that's an, that'd be a, her- a horrible idea, at least if it was said in that way. But people appreciate that honesty that, you you know, yes, we saw what you saw and we acknowledge that it was not good. We need more intensity. We need to have more emotion when we're playing. And we didn't have it last night, but obviously it's something that you know, we prioritize moving forward. And you'll see it. I think you'll see it from this group. I'm at this point, again, if we were to see, say, three or four more games like this in the next couple of weeks, might be something that would be. that's probably when it would start to be a little bit more of a concern for me. Uh, so at this point, I'm willing to write that off as just a crappy game and we'll see what it looks like against the Blackhawks over the weekend. Uh, they'll be playing tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And then you got yourself a road trip, right? You'll head out for a couple of weeks. You'll be playing at Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Philly. Boy, the the Ottawa part and the Canadian part, that might get a little interesting if the whole trucker thing still going on up there. I don't know. I don't think it's going to disrupt air travel, but it can certainly... Uh, disrupt process if you know the process of traveling and the way things are going but you've got those four games coming your way and in fact they're coming up on a stretch where they've got eight out of nine games on the road so yeah this is this is this is gonna get a little bit tighter it's gonna get a little bit more difficult because after you play the Blackhawks tomorrow you got the four that I mentioned on the road you play Buffalo at home and then you go right back out Chicago New York New York New Jersey so you've got a big stretch here, basically the next four weeks, where what you'll have one home game and eight road games mixed into that. That'll be a test. It's not saying it's you know be all end all or anything like that, but I mean it's going to be a good test. So we'll see kind of what this brings. But if unless we start seeing this more regularly, by the way, like we did earlier this year, you go back to you know November. There weren't a lot of blowouts. You know, there weren't games you're losing 7-4 to or 4-1 to or whatever. A lot of one-goal losses. But a lot of losses in that earlier part of the year when they were stringing them together. There were some problems. There was a little time to worry. And, of course, they followed that with a great hot streak. And I'm not worried about this team going into the tank. But, honestly, it's a tough division. And it's a tough race. And you don't have a whole lot of wiggle room. So, yeah, piling up wins uh, and kind of keeping yourself level is a big deal. All right, let's get back to the Super Bowl next up. And I'm going to make my prediction for the game. I'm sorry. I think you can tell where I'm going. Not happy about the conclusion that I've come to. I also want to take a look at the Twitter poll that I posted just a little bit ago. Give you guys some of the responses that we're getting on that too. We've had almost 1,200 people vote in just the last few couple of hours. So we'll get to the result of that and talk about the big game next on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line.
1: And it's a gunner, Big fly, Nolan Aranato. Meyer Jensen, a personal entry law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com.
0: And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On
1: America's
2: Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, let's get to business. <sighs> You guys, I figured this out as, as I was going through all my prep for the Super Bowl, and yes, I do all kinds of prep for things like the Super Bowl. I read a lot of different stories. Um, I, I like to look at regular you know, reports. I like to look at analytical breakdowns. Some of the guys, I, I'll tell you, one of the good ones that was a, one of the good breakdowns this week was uh, Matt Bowen at ESPN, former NFL player, did a good job of breaking all this down, and you know, I've watched all the playoff games. I watch... Everybody, all the time during the regular season. I don't watch any one particular team. I jump around a lot. Um, so after seeing as much as I've seen of these teams, after reading, just understanding matchups and strengths and weaknesses, I gotta pick the Rams, man. And I hate it so much because I'm gonna be rooting for the Bengals. I mean, I will be wearing orange and black. I will be pulling for the Bengals. I'm gonna try to find sunglasses that look like Joe Burrow's sunglasses, like I'm gonna watch the, I'm gonna watch the game through those sunglasses. Because I really like Joe Burrow, I really want Cincinnati to win. And I, w- even if I didn't, even if I didn't absolutely hate Stan Kroenke's guts, which I do, even if I didn't, I would still root for the Bengals because it's been 40 years since they've been in the Super Bowl. Their fans have been through a lot. You know, there there's a lot of there are a lot of reasons to like the Bengals in this, and I really want them to win. But I think there's going to be a real problem. With the matchup of the Rams defensive line and the Bengals offensive line. And, you know, here's my here's my good old John Madden wisdom. These games are one in the trenches. And they are, though. Like the difference in a lot of these games is who can win on the line of scrimmage. And I know it's cliche, but it also happens to be true. If you can't control the line of scrimmage, it's really hard to beat a team where that has a lot of skill. And when you look at skill. The Rams and Bengals are pretty much the same. Right? I mean, you both teams have a have a quarterback that can do whatever you need him to do. They can make all the throws, they're big they you know, Stafford hasn't had had the big opportunity to be in the big game, but he's physically one of the best quarterbacks in the league and it's funny, he threw a lot of interceptions this year, right? He threw 17 interceptions, tied for the most in the league, but he's also in the top 3 or 4 in the NFL and Passing yards, yards per attempt, touchdowns, quarterback rating, QBR. Like he he had a phenomenal season. And obviously, Joe Burrow had a phenomenal season. He was top five, six in those categories as well. He, he had a great year. So you've got two excellent quarterbacks. Both teams can run the football. Both teams have good running backs. The the Rams, I, I don't know that Cam Akers is 100% like he was pre-Achilles but he's still really good, and they've got good complimentary players, and they actually run the ball pretty well when they hand it off to their receivers, too. But they they can run the ball a bit. You know, Joe Mixon's really good. Both of these teams have weapons in the passing game. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are a great compliment to one another. And on the on the Rams side, I mean Cooper Cup just won the offensive player of the year and got an MVP vote. We know what he's all about. And then you've got Odell Beckham Jr. who looks a lot more like the New York Giants version of himself uh than the Cleveland Browns version of himself. He's really come around and had an impact on the team. And of course, you know, they have depth at that position too. Jefferson was a big was a guy that stepped up big for them this year. So both of these teams have weapons on offense. The skill players are there. Where the Rams have the edge is again, their offensive line is better than Cincinnati's offensive line. So that gives them the better chance. At handling what the Cincinnati Bengals front will be throwing at them, I don't think that the Cincinnati front, their their offensive line, I don't think they can handle Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Von Miller, and I, I just don't think that they're going to be able to do a good job all game long on blocking these guys that are that are basically quarterback wreckers. And of course, the Rams also have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, like. They have more, and I I know Cincinnati has done a good job in the playoffs. They they shut down the Chiefs in the second half of that game, in the AFC Championship game. I will say I think some of that had to do with the Chiefs. But these games are a lot less about who is more talented, because I I don't think there's a huge gap in a championship game between the physical tools. But it's about matchups. And... Tennessee is a better pass rushing team this year. They're, you know, they're pretty good at it. They they weren't good at it last year, but they've improved a good bit. But they don't they don't have the game record like Aaron Donald up front. They don't have what the Rams have with with Donald and and uh, Miller and Floyd. Those three guys in this game to me are the the real key. Now, if if the Bengals can scheme it up, if they can find a way to get around that, sure they have a chance. I mean, I'm not telling you that they're going to get their butts kicked and they have no chance in this game. But that's a really big matchup problem there, their offensive line against the Rams' defensive front. Now here's where I think the Bengals have their chance, and that is where Matthew Stafford has the game where he turns the ball over a bit. Is look, the Rams would have lost to the Niners if tchaikovsky Tart doesn't drop that interception. Basically, it was a punt, and he dropped it. I mean, he was under it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a difficult play. He he he's even apologized after, like, hey man, I gotta have that. But yeah, you know, if he didn't try to catch it, if he just stood there, it would have hit him in the face. He just missed it. So if he makes that play, the Rams probably aren't even here. So we can see the scenario. I can see the scenario where Stafford makes a couple of bad throws and turnovers keep the Bengals in this, and that's what I'm hoping for. But I don't see it. I got the Rams 34 to 20 because what I see happening is as the game goes along, I see the Bengals offensive line having more and more trouble. And if I don't know that it's going to happen, I mean, one thing that the Bengals really need to do, in my opinion, to help prevent this is to to get ahead and be able to run the ball a little bit. If they can get ahead and then run the ball and work off play action and all of that, I think they have a chance, but if the Rams get ahead and we get to the, the third, fourth quarter, especially late third, fourth quarter, and the Bengals have to throw the ball a lot, that's where I think you fall apart against that front. And I'm, what I'm worried about are things like the sack fumbles and things like that, you know, because I know that Aaron Donald's going to be there, and I know that Miller and Floyd are going to be there, and I think that that's the difference in the game. So I've got the Rams 34-20. to 20. Ugh. God, I just want to puke when I say that. Because I really want the Bengals to win. And I think there's a path to it. It's just not just not the easiest path. All right, coming up next, I got a couple other things I want to get into related to the game. I took a poll of my Twitter followers and asked them basically, what's their reaction to this game going to be if the Rams win the Super Bowl? So I'll give you the results of that so far. We'll talk about some of the fun prop bets for the Super Bowl next up on KMLX. All right, wrapping up this hour with a little bit more on the Super Bowl. We're going baseball next hour. I'm trying my best to not be super pessimistic about tomorrow with baseball. <laughs> I just I feel like what's going to happen. Like you know, Rob Manfred came out yesterday and he was like, for him anyway, you know, sunshine and rainbows. You know, I'm an optimist. I think we're going to play by the start of the opening day, and I and I and I hope that wasn't just like. PR spin so that if it doesn't go well tomorrow, he can be like, yep, stupid players. Those idiots are ruining for everybody. Like, I feel like that's probably what's going to happen, but I hope not. Um, All right. A couple quick things on the Super Bowl. So I just told you, I think the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl and I hate that very much, but you know, I see what I see and I hope that I'm wrong as best I can say it. I hope that I'm wrong. Well, I posted a poll on Twitter a little bit ago. I'm going to leave it up. It's probably not going to change too much. Uh, it's the same now at 1,200 votes. It's only been up a few hours, but it's the same now at 1,200 votes as it was at three or 400 votes. So I don't imagine that this is going to change too much. But I gave people three options. So the question was, what's your reaction going to be if the Rams win the Super Bowl? And the first option I gave was, cool, I still kind of like them. Well, only 7% of people said that. So I, 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 I think that... Uh, that's probably about right. I mean, I I think that is surprisingly it's a little bit high to me. I think I thought it would be more like two or three percent, but seven percent of the people that have responded to the poll they're like, cool, I like it. I, I mean, I still like, I still kind of like them. Second response I gave was, I've moved on. That was that's right now about twenty nine and a half percent, so almost thirty percent have just like I don't care, meh, I moved on. And then the other one I gave, this is where you probably, I mean, I knew where this was going to go. But the other answer I gave was I hate it. I just totally hate it. And that was 64%. So no big surprise. Like most people that are sports fans, because again, when the people that are following me on Twitter are, are sports fans, um, I wouldn't imagine that that's a neutral crowd. I mean, that's, but those are people that are following me that are following for sports. So I think if it's fair to say that the sports fans in this region, sports fans that are following me definitely hate Stan. We'll definitely hate it. If they win, and that's, to, again, I, totally normal. You know, 10 years from now, we won't even talk about this. 10 years from now, nobody's going to care. The Rams will be that team in L.A. And Cronky. well, I'm, I don't know. I, I was about to say something really terrible. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it unsaid. I don't like to say too many terrible things about people on the radio. Although sometimes terrible people deserve it. Not going to say it. But who knows what the situation will be in 10 years in, in Los Angeles. But we're not going to, this is not going to be something that we bear forever. But this has been go, you know, this is still fresh. We just had the, the lawsuit settlement. Uh, you know, seeing this happen now is annoying because of him. And I don't, you know, it's, and it kind of sucks too because I enjoy watching them play. Like they're a good team and they have fun players. I really like Matthew Stafford. And I, you know, he's a Lions fan. At one point, he was our great hope. For the Lions finally becoming a normal, regular franchise that could win games. And, of course, we know that didn't happen because stupid team. By the way, did you see this? This this kind of viral TikTok that's out there? Somebody posted a TikTok the other day. Or, actually, it might have been even yesterday. Of a sporting goods store in Detroit that has Detroit Rams t-shirts. It's like Detroit colors, but the Rams logo. The Detroit Rams. Because of Stafford, like people there like Matthew Stafford, like you know, again at one point he was the great hope. I still think that's kind of pathetic, but that's neither here nor there. But I mean, I think Cooper Cup's a fun dude to follow. You know, Matthew Stafford's fun. Aaron Donald's amazing. Sometimes a little bit of a psycho, but he's amazing. Yeah, it's just it's all about the it's all about the jerk running things. But no surprise that this poll is what it is, and if the bengal's win i will be really happy and i will celebrate because that would be fun on a number of levels um and especially because i can i can identify you know as a fan of a, of a team that's been brutally terrible for 177 years okay it's been 50 years but still more than that really you know they like they the the, the lions haven't won a title since in the super bowl era right they won an nfl championship i think I think it was 1957, like when my dad was nine. <laughs> Come on. It's ridiculous. So I can identify with the the struggles that Bengals fans have gone through over the years. I, I'd like them to win, but it's just probably not looking good for that. Um, let's take a look at some of the prop bets, because these are usually fun things when it comes to the Super Bowl. Um, and I'm not talking about just the, the, the basic ones that – you can say uh, uh well you know the first guy to score a touchdown first of all why does anybody why does anybody bet money on a coin toss like I like to bet I mean I I enjoy it I don't do it a lot I don't do it habitually um because I know most of the time you'll lose yeah <laughs> if you, if you don't put a lot of time and prep into it and and really study what's going on you're losing I mean you're 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 making a bet though on a 50 50 proposition I mean I know we all say tails never fails Yeah, every flip of the coin is 50-50. So I don't know why you would bet on that. Why, don't, why wouldn't you just challenge your buddy in the room like, hey, because we did this in high school, by the way. I don't know why, but this was a thing in our high school for a little while. You just walk down the hallway, and you see a buddy, and you go, I'll flip you for a dollar. And then you just flip a coin and whoever gets the right call gets a dollar from their friend. Or I'll flip you for five. Like we used to do that because it's just a dumb thing. Like I understand that more than wagering on the the, the coin toss uh, in the Super Bowl. We've got the uh, you get the bet over the length of the of the national anthem. I don't know. I I don't think I know who this person is that's singing the national anthem this year. Do you know who Mickey Guyton is? Who the hell is Mickey Guyton? I mean, like. I I definitely, I just want to be clear. I'm not that guy that's like, everything new sucks. I'm not that guy. But I've literally never heard of her. I'm sure she's very famous and talented and all that. I don't know what uh, type of music. Oh, okay, so Mickey Guyton's a country music star. That's probably why I don't know. Because I don't listen to country. As you could probably imagine. I do actually listen to some of the halftime performers, though. I mean, I know I'm a metal guy at heart, but... Um, if, if I'm going away from the heavy, the heavy stuff, it's always, always rap and hip hop. That would be next up. I mean, if you look at my phone, it's metal, 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 and then it'll be like Snoop and there's Eminem and there'll be Jay-Z and definitely public enemy. If I'm picking one, I know that I'm That's where I give away my age. Like I'm an, I'm old school when it comes to that. They are still my favorite hip hop slash rap artist. I love public enemy. But anyway, I will enjoy the halftime show this year. Normally, I hate it. Normally, I'm just like, I'm going to go get more food. But this year, at least I'll enjoy watching the halftime show. Um, Interesting when you look at some of those prop bets, though. You've got that, like the length of the national anthem over under 138. I wouldn't know what to do um, on that one. Apparently, there is a prop bet um, with QuickBooks, I guess. I'm sorry, for for US. Whether QuickBooks or Taco Bell will air first in the commercial run. Why would you bet on stupid things like that? Well, that's what's that's what's going on. Go Bengals. <laughs> We're done with our Super Bowl talk for the night. We're gonna move into baseball, and talk a little bit about the meeting between the players and the owners tomorrow, and then we'll get to some on field stuff with the Cardinals after that here on KMOX.